And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It is Thursday, the last day of March. Where did this first quarter go? Hello, everyone. Welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor at SciFiForMe.com. Chief cook and bottle washer here at Sci-Fi For Me TV. 33 years in the media, which means I know how the sausage is made. You don't want to know how the sausage is made. Give a shout out to all of you who are listening to this show on podcast platforms. Good to have all of you with us as well. We do invite you to check out the live broadcast, uh, which is currently now looking like it's working everywhere. Facebook, Odyssey, YouTube, you can find us there. And the live chat is open if you want to join the conversation. Of course, you can always leave a comment, send email, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. And I know normally on Thursdays we're talking about Superman and Lois, but uh, circumstances have conspired to give us something different to talk about today. James had some things come up, and that gives us an opportunity to talk about something which I expect we will probably be talking about again on Monday, because Monday is the first Monday of the month, and it is our money talk, so we'll probably be talking about the financial impact of what's been going on, but today we're going to be talking about the PR impact of the last couple of weeks, and most especially what's been coming out this past week about the Walt Disney Company, and joining us, uh, as he has before, to talk things PR, uh, the president of Herald PR, Judah Engelmeyer, is with us. Good afternoon, sir. Thanks for, for afternoon. taking the time. My pleasure. I, 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 I don't know that there's a, a particular point at which we start on this narrative, because it continues to spin out like a hydra growing heads. But I want to I want to backtrack just a little bit before we get to what happened this week. We had a number of incidents throughout the lockdown where uh, students were now having to take their classes by Zoom or other video conferencing tools and whatnot. And we started getting stories about how parents were were starting to realize what kind of materials were being taught in the classrooms. And the parents are now sitting there saying, wait a minute, hold on. And then, of course, we had the Project Veritas video come out of Sac- uh, Sacramento with Gabriel Guype, the high school per, uh, the high school teacher who had all sorts of Antifa and, and Black Lives Matter uh, propaganda in his classroom. And him saying on camera, I've got 80 days to turn them into revolutionaries. And then we, you know, we started seeing all of this video about various different things where the teachers were up to no good, shall we say. And, uh, you know, throughout all of this, you've now you've got House Bill 1557 in Florida, which the media portrays as the don't say gay bill, even though there's nothing like that in the text of the of the document. The original proposed bill was seven pages long. And now as it stands as law in the Florida Code, it's only five pages. And it looks like people are latching on to one particular clause in the entire thing to make this make this case. 
Disney comes out, says, we're basically not going to take a position. We support the LGBTQIA LMNOP community, but we're not going to get political. Bob Chapek taking a very different stance from what Bob Iger has done. And that doesn't seem to have set too well with various different people. And you have this blow up and it's almost like this flashpoint where various different marginalized community groups have now taken to agitation and activism on, uh, I mean, we're all in right now. And it seems like this is kind of a, it feels like it's a coordinated campaign to finally get Bob Chapek out of his position as CEO. Does it, it, am I reading that wrong? Does that, does that track with what we've seen? I mean, we can get into the stuff that Christopher Rufo has, has broken the story on, this week as far as the, you know, not-so-secret gay agenda, and that that's just one more layer on this thing. But am I reading this right, or is my takeaway completely wrong, Judah? No, I mean, it's not that your takeaway is completely wrong. I think there are, there are, there's, there, there are different elements to it, and there are um, elements within Disney or from outside of Disney who don't like Bob Chappick for, re- for whatever reason and are going to be looking for excuses, anything they can find, to say that he's not right for the company. But on this particular issue, it's it's a it's a difficult issue for any company, and Disney in particular, because Disney builds itself as a modern, progressive, family-oriented business. But you know, it's also a business, and that's what people keep on forgetting. Disney, you know, with all the Mickey Mouse and Iron Man you can have, um, it's still a business, and it has to and it has to make money for for its shareholders in order for it to be viable. And the two don't always necessarily. Um, uh, I guess overlap in terms of the needs. The 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 don't say gay bill, for example, which is an accurate term to begin with, is a social um, a, a a a social need more than an actual term for what the bill does say and right. and and reads. A company should probably never get involved in overt legislative issues, particularly. When they, when their lawyers have read the bill over a thousand times and know what it says, and know that the social media cry and the and the advocates out there are not exactly being genuine in terms of what the bill says, um, they, you know, there are times when companies should should get involved in legislative um, legislative laws when they become overtly aggressive or oppressive to 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 you know to human needs. Um, in this case, they have to, they live in, they're based in Florida. They have to deal with Florida law. They have to deal with Florida uh, legislators and Florida, the Florida government. They're a United States company. They have to deal with, 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 uh, with, with U.S. laws and U.S. legislators and U.S. politicians. And they have to deal with their shareholders who are all over the world, as well as their viewers and consumers who are all over the world. So they're trying to be everything to everybody once again, and that's a failure. That's a failure. You'll never be everything to everybody. Whether I like Star Wars or Mickey Mouse has nothing to do with whether I like this 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 particular bill. And I think the company has to tread very lightly on on carefully on how they decide what side to take when and if to take a side. And sometimes it's better not to. You know, I'd rather get criticized for not taking a side than to get involved and take the wrong side just because you think it's politically correct today. Yeah. They have to be accurate. They have to be right. And I don't know if I think they're flailing. I think they're trying to be everything to everybody. And as soon as an issue comes up, they come up, you know, they, they will make a rash decision that they think will satisfy a certain base, not think about what another base is going to say. 
Well, and that's and, what they've been over and over and over again, right from the Gina Carano issue. That's exactly what they do. They yeah. they try to they, they 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 shoot from the hip, trying to shoot down whatever criticism they're getting at the moment, without thinking of how that's going to impact other criticism from other sectors. Well, and and you go back to the various different memos that were put out. You know, Bob Chapek sending this, sending various emails to the to the employees. I got one because I'm technically, even though I'm freelance, I'm a, I'm a contractor. But the the three pillars of the company philosophy, one of those being we're not going to agitate and we're not going to antagonize our customers. And then you had the then you had the Florida thing happen and the investor call and and Chapek gets raked over the coals for that, puts out another memo saying, you know, hey, we support our LGBTQ people. You know, we're trying to be more inclusive as a company. Our corporate stance has always been X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. But we're not going to get directly involved in politics. We donate to various different politicians and we try to have access so we can communicate with the people who are in charge of the legislature. We work behind the scenes. We're not going to take any overt action. And Susan Arnold being the chairman of the board and an open lesbian, nobody, I mean, this is not any, any secret You'd have to think, we talked to Cameron Pasha about this, you would have to think that she's looked at those memos Bob Chapek's going to send out, and she's got her stamp of approval on it. So it almost feels like there are Bob, Bob Iger hanger-ons in the, in, the, in, the, in the structure of the company in the, at the C-suite level who are looking to possibly sabotage JPEG. I mean, this is an opportunity here, it seems like, where you have a number of different groups, you know, LGBTQ groups and diversity and inclusion and all. That's where all of this is coming from, the DEI groups. And it, it feels like they smell blood in the water. Here's our chance to get JPEG and get him out. And then this stuff and, comes out and with... My, and my, and might very well be an opportunity to embarrass him publicly to say that he can't handle it. So therefore, he should step down or get out. And, and this proves it. The wishy-washy, you know, the, 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 the wishy-washy stance, the position in the first place, who knows what. It might be a way of embarrassing him. And, and it, it's, it's, not, not, it's, and it's, it's not a bad way of doing it, but it's not because of the LGBTQ bill. It's, it's because of other, you know, obviously they don't like him for many other reasons. Right. And they're using whatever's on the agenda today to put to to uh, to 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 push him out. Well, and then we have this week Christopher Rufo putting out uh, a, a story that basically has um, internal. Uh, what's a what's a way to do this? Secretly recorded video from the Imagine Tomorrow Reimagine Tomorrow conference calls, where you have various executives who are basically right out there flat out saying that there is a pro uh, a pro gay pro transgendered agenda on the part of uh, corporate executives parks executives uh, production uh, side of things uh, there's one in particular somebody was talking about uh, an anime the animated show Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur where they say, you know, we're actively looking to tell queer stories and nobody's telling us no. And you have, um, uh, what's her name, Laterna, uh, Latoya Raveno, uh, who's an executive producer. She's basically saying it's a not-at-all-secret ag- secret gay agenda, adding queerness to children's programming. And the blowback on this from the other side of things, you know, when you have this group saying, well, this, this law is bad, 
<coughs> well, why is it bad? You don't want teachers advocating for a particular lifestyle, one way or the other. I mean, there's nothing in here about homosexuality or transgenderism or anything like that. There's one line that basically says sex and gender has to be age appropriate and you can't you can't lock the parents out of the conversation with students. And it has a number of people online sitting there saying, "Well, why do you why are is it so important for teachers to be able to talk about sexuality and this kind of thing with 6-year-olds?" You know, it's right. that it's that creepy factor that starts to so, get in there. Yeah, so this gets to an issue of, you know, I'm, I don't want to know if we want to get this into a discussion of how we feel or I feel or you feel about the, 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 the overall way that advocates go about making their point. And yes, if this were not about LGBTQ, people, most people would be on board saying children under a certain age should not know about sex, you know, uh, particular aspects of sex. However, there are those advocates that believe that if you're going to have a in a Disney story a picture of a male and female family, you know, getting married and 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 a and 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 a, and a princess with a mother and father, it's not bad to also have a princess with two mothers or two fathers in this age and generation, just so people can know that it's okay. And I'm not sure that's the worst thing in the world to have not a not a full gay agenda, so like a whole show about queer queerness. But but I I would. I wouldn't think it's the worst thing if they included, you know, if, if, if there was a gay family on one, you know, on one of these movies. And, you know, and it's just a matter of fact, just like a right. mother and father is a matter of fact in some of these things. Yeah, they just happen to, to be there. To, put, to push the agenda and to make it a point, this is advocates saying we want to make it a point. We want people to know this and we want our agenda to, to be out there. And, you know, the more we push it. But this goes like to, like to everything else, everything else we've seen over the past several years. We push the scale so far because we want we I want my policy to be in the middle. I want the world to be equitable and fair over here. But right now it's not. And I feel that it's over here. The only way to get it over here in the middle is to push so far that people say that's, you know, we'll, we'll do everything. And eventually we'll say that's ridiculous. We have to come to a place in the middle and we'll end up where we need to be. And that's how advocate that's how social advocacy has been working. You know, the Me Too movement when we saw it. Was, you know, let's get rid of everybody. Let's have a witch hunt for everyone. McCarthy era hearings for about anyone who's ever done anything wrong in their life and that we think is terrible. And then it gets to a point where, okay, now let's just get the people that we really need to get and make sure that there is equity in the, in, in, in the workplace and in, the, and, 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 and in life and that bad people should be responsible with what they do. But in order to get there, you have to push really, really hard and, 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 and go to an extreme in order for us to slide back to the middle. And I think that's the way advocacy works. That's the way people's minds work. They're so passionate about their issue, they're blinded to, to what's, what, what, what's, what, what's, what reality is, what's acceptable. And in terms of Disney getting involved, it's a problem because Disney has so many different stakeholders. For every stakeholder that appreciates LGBTQ issues, there's a stakeholder that doesn't. For every stakeholder that, like, that, that, that read the legislation, there's a stakeholder that hasn't read the legislation. For every stakeholder that feels that three to six-year-olds should learn about sex, there are those who think that they, that they shouldn't. Why, you know, they're ta if you're taking a side, you're obviously choosing a certain, a certain, set, of, a, a certain set of people over, over another. And in a business, you're, you're going to 
hurt yourself with your corporate sponsors, with your with your investors, with your employees, with your consumers, with your regulators. You're going. You're there's so so many different quagmires you can get into through that, and and it's 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 probably not a good idea. And what they're saying, and what they're trying to use it for Chappic is to show that he doesn't know how to navigate this. Yeah. And if he can't navigate, he shouldn't be the head of a big company. Well, and you mentioned employees reacting to this. You had the the walkouts here not too long ago, and uh, the media makes a huge deal out of it. But you only had, you know, a, a few hundred people do it in in California, and you had, I believe, one did it in Florida, and everybody's making hay over this. And the the people who walked out in California, I understand they did it on their lunch break. So. It, it's not like they're taking any kind no, of a big wasn't really, risk. It wasn't really a walkout. They walked right. out, to get their coffee, and said they walked out. I know, but but you know, but then the media takes this and they spin this to be you know employees are pushing back and advocating. Da, da, da. I was like, that's that's not exactly how that happened. But well, again, that gets into crafting media. The that's media and social media working to to put to push an agenda. Say, yeah. if I say loud enough that there was an employee walkout, then there's an employee walkout. The facts actually don't matter anymore. Right. Well, and in this in this article from Rufo, he also quotes uh, Nadine Smith, who's an executive director of a pressure group called Equality Florida, told uh, Disney employees in this conference call, Governor Ron DeSantis and his press secretary Christina Pushaw want to erase you, criminalize your existence and take your kids. I mean, that's that's hyperbole on a on a, a, a grand scale. Grand scale. I mean, that uh, there's nothing in the bill about anything you know, related to that. But people people don't check them on this stuff. You know, no and, one checks. Who actually takes time to re-legislate? It's yeah. easier to listen. The 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 phrase "Don't say gay" bill became a popular a a, a popular aphorism to run around with because it sounds catchy. And Ron DeSantis tried to make the case that the bill doesn't say that at all. Yeah, but nobody takes the time to read, and it still catches on. And you get enough people who are passionate about the issue, about about being about include about being about the inclusion aspect, about the acceptance aspect, and so far and so afraid of not being included and not being accepted that they're gonna they're pushing their agenda to say this is what the bill says, and media goes along with it, um, social media advocates go along with it, Twitter universe blows up about it, and and the fact that the facts of the bill don't matter anymore. It, 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 it almost doesn't matter, except for the legislators and the governor and all that who have to sign it and pass it, who actually understand what it says. And DeSantis, to his credit, sticks to his guns and says, listen, you can say whatever you want. That's not what the bill says. Well, and the other th- the other part of that is he's actually pushing back directly against the, the Walt Disney Company by name. He's sitting there saying, look, they're, if they're going to if they're going to die on this hill then we'll give them the hill and we'll give, and, the, we'll give them the ammunition and the hill right exactly and and it's you know the the public fallout of all of this you know the people who are deciding that we're going to cancel disney we're done with disney there's hashtags in that we've got carol markowitz over in the new york post talking about how she's done with disney she's quitting all of that uh, it, i don't think this is going to play the way the disney advocate class wants it to play out because it, this is not an isolated thing. When you're looking at the kids, when it involves the kids, there's a whole nother level of 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 scrutiny and attention that's paid to this stuff. And right. and you've got them now sitting there saying, 
we're no longer going to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls in the parks. We're not going to do, you know, princes and princesses and, and that sort yeah, of you thing. You know why? But, but Jason, you know why that's, that's silly? Because for, you know, it, it, for anyone, for any transgender person out there who doesn't want to identify with a he or a she, mm. there, are, there, are, there are still people who do. So by you by by saying uh, the only thing I'm going to care about is the is the 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 new call the new the new social need the new social outcry and forget about everybody else it's a, it's 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 you're falling into into a, into a, into a, into a dirty into a bad into into a bad game um, because um, there are pl- there are plenty of independent people out there who are happy to say that they're men happy to say that they're women. And if you're just now you're so now you're choosing who to exclude. I'm going to include only the newest member and the newest marginalized people, and I'm going to exclude everybody else. So now you so you're still being exclusionary. You're still you're you're still being biased and you're still being prejudiced against the other. The and now the other are what used to be the people. It's 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 a it's a very it's a very very difficult difficult. Uh, political road to navigate and i think it's a silly thing you want to say ladies gentlemen boys and girls and add on and add, add an other 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 pronouns to that fine but stop it completely and you're you're you you're you stand to, to upset a lot of people well and that that takes me to this article in quillette this is uh this is an op-ed piece that's written by ethan clay which is a pseudonym it's a long piece it's a very long piece yeah and and this is somebody who is an imagineer at disney and his his take on this is that Disney, the institutional capture, basically that Disney is now uh, trapped by what you're talking about, the media narrative, the public image, the the expectations from various different groups. And it's almost like they have to dance to a particular tune in order to satisfy certain particular people. But I... I came across this. Carl Benjamin posted this over on Instagram, and and I and I found the actual article itself. This is from YouGov America, and I'm not familiar with this with this outfit. So you know, take everything with a grain of salt. This is Taylor Orth writing, and it basically is an article about how the the American population's perception of things is not necessarily so when it comes to percentage of population subgroups. And there's a chart down here that shows, you know, uh, uh, what population, you know, what percentage of the U.S. population is actually part of a group, you know, live in California, uh, black, have an advanced degree, Catholic, own a gun, college degree, household income over a hundred thousand, all that. But this particular one interests me because the transgender population, people think that there's about 21% of the U.S. population that's transgender when it's actually 1%. Right. And well, you, have, you have this perception that this group is much bigger. Bisexuals the same way. Homosexuals the same way. And, you know, I've always gone back to the census numbers where it basically says, okay, three to five percent is non-heterosexual. I'll put it that way, just to just to blanket everything out. So I figure, you know, the fudge factor there takes it somewhere between seven and ten percent of the population. 
And then I right. go back and I look at, uh, for example, the Arrowverse shows over on the CW. You know, you got Green Arrow and The Flash and all these. And I did a count one time, and I came up with 22% of the main characters were non-heterosexual, whether they were whether gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever. I'm like, that's a higher representative, that's a higher proportional percentage in our media than what actually is in the, the population at large. And I have to wonder if that's a deliberate attempt to normalize what most people would sit there and go, oh, okay, you're going to be that way. That's not for me, but okay, fine. You know, we look at this it as, is, as an aberration. It is a deliberate attempt. It's a deliberate attempt to normalize. Listen, you, you've seen a lot of it over the past several years. Do you remember the big, uh, the, the slogans, defund the police? And it was, everyone's yelling, defund the police. And therefore, every poll came out saying, oh, more, 70% of Americans want to defund the police. 60% of Americans want to defund the police. 60% of people who answer the poll, 60% the main people who protest in the street, maybe, but that's not 60% of the population. Now you have, Donald, you know, uh, President Biden saying, we don't want to defund, we want, we want to fund the police because now he actually knows the real numbers. Yeah. But prior to that, it was, it was because the vocal, the vocal majority, the vocal, the vocal, the, uh, the vocal minority beats out the silent majority all the time. Because if you're happy, content in your life, you, you, have your family, have your job, have your have have your social life, whatever it is that makes you happy. You're not rabble rousing in the street. If you feel you're the have not, if you feel you're on the that, that that there's something you don't have and that you're not getting it for whatever reason, that's 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 a fault of not your own of somebody else's. You're going to get out there and scream it louder and louder and louder because you're pushing something. You have nothing to lose by pushing it. Whereas the people who have what they want have are comfortable feel that. I, I have too much going on. I can't get involved in this. Right. You always have the the silent majority um, being drowned out by the vocal minority, and the vocal minority appears bigger and louder than it is. The media picks up on it because it's exciting, it's sexy, it's more clickbait, it sells more ads at first. Because who responds? The people who are angry respond. The people who are happy don't generally respond. You see that in voting polls all the time. People who are angry come out. People who are happy are more complacent, and it's a problem. All right, and what? that and that's something that I want to address as well when we when we get back on the other side of the break because we've got more rabble rousing to do. So everybody, stick around. We will be right back after this. Podcasting is our superpower. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here, inviting you to join us every Saturday for news, science fiction, fantasy, and horror headlines from the week, plus interviews. Updates on events going on around the world and the weather forecast for same. It's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. There we go. Got to turn on those buttons. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea, princes of destiny, captains courageous, and everyone else. Glad to have all of you here with us. We are talking 
with Judah Engelmeyer. He is the president of Herald PR. It's a public relations firm, and he's been with us before. Uh, Judah, let me ask you this, because uh, we talked about you know, the, the response. The angry stuff happens, and it gets more play. And there are a lot of people online who have been sharing um, TikTok videos from various different teachers from across the country who are, uh, they have some kind of a vested interest in this, I guess, because they want to talk to their kids preschool and elementary students about their sex lives. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute. When I was in school, we didn't have any teachers that wanted to talk to us about their sex lives. It was never it was never a, a, a topic for conversation. The, the one in high school, we had a history teacher who was having an affair with one of the football coaches. And we knew about that because they were constantly going back and forth between their classrooms and, and flirting and whatnot. And they were they were pretty much the object of ridicule for for a lot of students because, you know, that that engenders a certain lack of respect on the part of the students. But I can't think of any time in my in my time at school where this kind of thing was important. You know, we didn't know if we had a teacher who was gay or married or widowed or, you know, whatever. It, it, it never came up. You're there to teach math and science and history and, and whatever, not this other stuff. Why has that shifted? Why is why why do you think? And I, 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 I think it's but I think it's shifted because of the, the the social and political outcry for equality, justice, and inclusion. And I'm not going to discuss whether or not we are meeting those standards of equality, justice, and inclusion. Just that people people who have been who have traditionally been marginalized or considered the other are now feeling that it's their time to fight. It's their time to stand up. And now a new most, poll is saying that a majority... Yeah. Sorry about that. I had something auto. Autoplay is, oh. is not my friend. <laughs> okay. Got it. Sorry. Um, so, you know, for, 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 uh, for the past several, you know, for the past, past century and beyond, when we've had, um, actually even before, when you have new, you know, general newspapers, and then you start having television news, and even television programs and broadway shows and 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 and, and uh, even live shows like like uh, like shakespeare shows back in the in the 17 16 1700s 1800s um it's always shown for the most part traditional family environment cultures <clears throat> you know men women children men women getting married children all the all the disney love stories where where, where princesses trying to meet their prince charming and of course in every one, their parents mysteriously died in some accident that they had to be raised by themselves. Weird thing for Disney, but right. weird thing for kids to know right. that your parents might die and you got to do it on your own. But whatever. Um, what it's it's catch up time now for the people who feel marginalized. So you don't have to teach a three year old, a four year old, a five year old in uh, the year 1920 about about families because I know that I kids knew that a mother, you had a mother and a father. And you know now because there there are there are um, there are gay families out there and and there there are there are lesbian couples gay couples out there who are having children and people want 
that to be accepted in a norm and people to understand that this is normal too, they're making such a push. And that by feeling, by, by talking about it in the classroom, you know, I don't know how, how much you guys watch South Park, but you know, they make fun of it all the time where they show the teacher in class always wearing his leathers, talking about his boyfriend and what he's doing with them. And you're like, you don't do this to a classroom of kids. You know, if, if, if you know, you're, 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 you're gay, that's fine. You teach math, teach English, teach what you're supposed to teach. But South Park shows it just to show you how ridiculous it is, and they go, go, they go, they go, they go, they go, you know, further and further to you know, push the envelope to make the point. But there are so many people out there, teachers out there, who who and and who are, who are in front of children. They have the opportunity, and because they feel this is their time now to push it out, and they're proud of who they are, proud of their identity, and want to be known. They they don't think about what is what's acceptable and what's not in terms of the type of education and the type of lesson they're teaching and they just do it all and you know what at some point there will be a, there will be there will be a a reckoning for that too because teaching certain kids they're teaching young kids and i'm not talking about just gay you know about, about gay couples right. but kids kids at, at any at, at, at certain ages probably shouldn't learn all about sexual contact and what you do with them just to know that i that 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 if i'm gay i have a i have a husband a male companion that's fine but let's talk about more in detail about what you do i mean i that's it's pushing the envelope once again trying to make the point so that eventually we could swing back the pendulum and be in the center in a new center in a new center where these things are normal and accepted but i i, I think that they lose their minds they get excited about, it. they're proud of what they want to show, and they're not thinking rationally necessarily about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate for certain people. Right. So we need to leave the leather chaps for the guys over at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission or something like that, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So exactly. the but it, it seems to me that from a PR standpoint, the school districts would be telling their teachers, hey, look, let's tone down the rhetoric on TikTok. We don't need the blowback because the parents for all that the that the teachers union and the department of justice want to treat concerned parents as terrorists they're concerned parents and this is my kid and you're not going to touch my kid or i will you know there'll be consequences and it almost seems to me like somebody would sit there and go let's let's not blast out what you what you want to do let's not say those parts out loud but even then you know you get the school down in austin where they have the gay pride parade within the halls and you know we don't need to tell your parents about this kind of thing and those videos keep coming out and it just reinforces the fact that the parents actually do need to be involved and you look at this you know hb 1557 it, the the language of it, and I've read it a couple of different times. The language in it is general enough that it could cover anything from, you know, talking to your kids about their you know I, gender identity or 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 sexual orientation, all the way through depression and suicidal ideation and anger management and all of this stuff. And and it basically says, hey, schools, you can't shut the parents out when you're having these discussions. The parents need to know that this kind of stuff is going on. They've got to be involved. You're not allowed to keep this information from them. But, but then again, school districts are made up of political, of, of political um, 
people who yeah. get elected usually or, or 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 appointed, and they have to address a, uh, a a a a larger population of voters or 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 and parents, and not just parents anymore. Now it's voters, parents, and onlookers from outside. So, for example, there's been some, you go through page six on a regular basis. I go through page six online all the time. How many times you've seen a a a a uh, good-looking woman, blonde, blue-eyed teacher on TikTok, talking, you know, who's a teacher of, of, of young children, doing something really risque, risque, and here she was sanctioned or fired by the school district. Right. When a, when a gay person does that now, they think twice, because how's that going to, if I do that, am I going to get the backlash, the social backlash? Am I going to get all the legislators saying we should shut down the school district? Take, you know, should I get the, am I going to get the governor protesting what I did? Am I going to get thousands and thousands of letters from outside my district about how bad our school is because we just, we just, shut down a, uh, a a gay rights advocate so to speak yeah um and you know it's it's people lose their senses and i think that because um school districts are political bodies and school boards are political bodies and i'm not, i know my school board in my neighborhood it, it's less to do with what the children need and more to do with personal power bases and 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 f- money and 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 electoral pockets for for bigger offices things yeah. like that isn't that um, what it always comes down to, though? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And and the problem is that when it comes to certain types of ideology and agendas, they don't know how to act, and therefore they say that's okay because I don't want I don't want to bring on the onslaught, so that's okay. But if a if a heterosexual male or female does the same thing, we could fire them because no one cares. That's they're no longer a protected class. Now, if a gay person does exactly what we wouldn't want a heterosexual person to do and to represent our students, we, we have to accept it because there's a different level and a different, a, 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 a different set of expectations now because we've swung the pen, because we're, push, we're pushing the agenda so far. Like I said, we want to eventually bring it back to a new middle. But in order to get there is they keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. And then, you know what, in, in 50 years, if you and I are still alive, we'll have this conversation. We'll see that we're in a place where things are more accepted. There's less racism, less criticism, less prejudice out there. And it, a lot of it might have gotten there because of the extreme that we're pushing to right now. And when we come back to the middle, we become more sensible. You know, I I. I will latch on to your optimism that uh, this this media platform here is going to be around for 50 years. I I, I will I will take that and run with it. Uh, but you know, what does what does Disney do next, though? Because uh, this uh, Mrs. Boss sent me the link here. This is from Fox News. Jose Castillo, who's a current Walt Disney Company employee running for Congress in Florida as a Republican, tells Fox News Digital the silent majority of Disney employees, you were talking about the silent majority earlier, they support the parental uh, rights law, HB 1557, despite the loud minority leading Disney to take a stance against the law. He says there's an immense pressure to toe the company line. The reality is that those drawing attention to this issue are in the minority. And... We have now here in New York Post, the headline, Florida GOP threatens to take Disney's privileges away over their opposition. This They, they, they get tax breaks. Essentially, Disney World and the Disney properties are their own little fiefdom when it comes to property taxes and other things that are there. They're, they're almost like a another country. You know, right. they're, the, they're like a little Vatican in the middle of Florida. And now yes. you've got political consequences where they're thinking okay well maybe we take away some of those privileges 
And well, go ahead. I, I think that also that's a threat. I don't think they're going to do it because the reason they set up those tax pockets are are for the benefit. The company gets a financial benefit for being there, and then in return, the tax the the, 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 the tax the tax benefit the state gets from from the tourism and from the value of that. You know, I think that that's you know money always speaks, and I think it's it's a nice threat. And before they do anything, they'll have to review that. And because Disney could you know very well could decide it's no longer worth it, and now Disney could open up in Montana. You know. Let's find another place. Someone on another state will offer them great deals to move their whole operation. You never know. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, but obviously the, the, the point, the point is well taken that it is a silent majority that doesn't speak up loud enough and the vocal and, and the vocal minority, which gets heard and, 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 and drowns out, drowns out all the other silence, so to speak. And I, I think that Disney as a company is in a particularly difficult position because Unlike an oil company or a car company where you're not really in the public face, I buy a car, I use oil, but it's not an everyday consumer experience where I'm interacting with, with the characters and where the only, where, where my, my, my core consumer are people out there of all walks of life. And it's video, it's, it's, it's movies, it's television, it's products, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hotels, it's, 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 it's uh, cruise lines, it's a person business. And you have to basically appeal to the people, the consumer, as well as everything else out there. Where if you're just an oil company, if I'm a company that just makes trivets all day, I, no one cares what's going on inside my company, what the yeah. public policy is. My trivet will be bought because people need the trivet. <laughs> you know, here it, it's it can, you know it's a consumer-facing product, but the company doesn't necessarily make its money only on that. They have their stockholders, they have their employees, they have the writers, they have the creators, they have everybody. They have so many different classes of people they have to satisfy. And they're trying to do it, like I've said in the past on the show before, to appeal to the denominator that's going to make the least, that's going to cause the least noise, at least in their opinion. Yeah. And they don't know what that is because the minute you appeal to one, you're yell another, another anger crowd is going to start yelling. Yeah. And it's a very hard thing to do. Well, and, and it brings to mind back in the 80s and 90s, the Walt Disney Company spun out several different subsidiaries. You had Hollywood Pictures, you had Buena Vista Distribution, Buena Vista Television. Right. You had Touchstone Pictures, and the the thinking at the time, they spun these out, they're saying, okay, well, the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney Pictures, makes G-rated, family-friendly material. And for the PG and the PG-13 and the R, we've got all of these other labels, so they're not, we're not going to run into the Disney brand making an R-rated movie. And it seems like right. that thinking has just kind of been flushed out and it's not there anymore, where the people in charge don't recognize that there is value to having all of those you know, branding niches. You know, you see now with Disney Plus having the TVMA stuff with the, with the, the Marvel Netflix material coming over. It, it it seems like they don't recognize that they have different audiences for the different things that they make. They, they don't recognize it. And Disney still, I mean, first of all, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 
in the world and I know a bit more than the average person, but I still think of Disney as, you know, the, the, the black hat with the Mickey Mouse ears. That's, that's Disney to me. So, you know, Star Wars and, and, and Marvel, you know, I know that because I know that, but that's not Disney. Disney is Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and, and, you know, and, 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 and Fantasia. (laughs) That was, so I think that, that Disney, by doing all that and trying to maintain, I, I, I think that they probably would have been better off to have um, to have branched off in a different way and kept the identity of, of, of a certain mark for a certain market and have everything else under a different name. Because Disney started as a family, children's friendly, wholesome type of, of environment. And now they're everything. They're everything from wholesome to over violent, yeah. you know, and depending on what you're watching, what you're reading. Um, so it, it's, uh, I think D- Disney, Disney has to figure out what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing yet. Uh, and, and I, and, and I, and I, and I think that this, that, that Bob Chappick doesn't know how to navigate it properly either. Well, and now and you've got, uh, you know, Daily Wire making their announcement this week that they're going to do DW Kids. They're spending, they're going to invest a hundred million dollars into kids programming that doesn't do the whole gay agenda driven material. So you've got competition now. So you're Bob Chapek, and now you've got Ben Shapiro's outfit nipping at your heels. In addition to right. your internal groups that are that are coming after you with pitchforks and torches, say Bob Chapek calls you, Judah Engelmeyer, HR, uh, you know, Harold PR, and says, "Okay, how do we how do we manage this? What's the next step for them that might mitigate things? Because the damage feels like it's it's." almost irreparable at this point to me. I, I think what Bob Chappick has to do is, is, is first take a step back and say, before we make any public statements, he has to review all of the classifications of stakeholders he has and figure out, it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's an intensive work, intensive job, figure out what each classification of stakeholders wants to, wants to hear, needs to hear, what their, what, 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 what their, what, what their, um, their, their weight on the company, their hold on the company might be, and weigh all that, and then they have. Then he has to start deciding on decisions for Disney Corp. What's going to be the least con- the, 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 the the least conflicted and the most um, advantageous to all those together? You have to find the common denominators and stay away from those agitators. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a while to do. It takes exhaustive process and it takes real leadership to say, we're not going to talk about this issue. We're going to talk about this issue. We're not going to that issue because when you look at Disney as a whole, this is what we have to do. Listen, I would argue that half the people who are clamoring about what they don't like about Disney don't buy Disney products and don't watch the shows anyhow. They just don't like what they hear. All right. They just don't like what they think it represents. So how much do you think Bob Chapek's got to fight his own people internally at the at the corporate level? I mean, you got people that <laughs> how much he wants his job. I think that uh, I've seen enough CEOs who who, who they, they they it becomes it becomes about uh, about about survival. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, does he want to be kicked out? And and if he's going to be kicked out, he wants to be kicked out on his own terms uh, rather than be kicked out on their terms. So I think I think that that, that he, he will. He, he, he will start paying more attention, work a little bit harder, and, and hopefully he'll, uh, maybe he'll give me a call and I'll work with him. <laughs> well, and, and Cameron Pasha has talked about this a number of times on, on various different channels, including ours, and he's, uh, he gives me the impression that as long as Chapek has Susan Arnold in his corner as chairman of the board, 
then he's got a certain amount of insulation. But if you've got, you know, the, the, the Bob Iger contingent that are now, you know, the wolves that are circling the camp, how much protection can a chairman of the board give to a CEO who's under fire like this in terms of the, well, the PR and, and, and the one, media fallout? Once again, it all, it all comes down to um, money, power, and and what they what 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 what, what, what each one of these figures thinks they could yield or, or, or command. Um, if they think that Chapik is a weak link and, and if the Northlands maintain their own power, let them go. You know, then you know I I, I, I I don't know that I don't know the internal I don't know how that works, the internal structure enough to to tell you. Right. But I think that Chapik, if he if he has the right friends and makes them the right amount of money and give and makes Disney the right amount of money, he will stay. If he's a weak link and thinks that that it's not, I think it's all about the bottom line ultimately. And I think if in the end they think that 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 uh, he is a weak link and can't, then he, he then then he won't have his protection anymore. But he might get a better severance package. <laughs> it's all about the golden parachute, right? It's all about the golden parachute. Oh, my. All right. Well, we will keep an eye on this. And like I said, we are likely going to be talking about the financial impact on this stuff on our Money Talk session on Monday. So hopefully you join us for that as well. Judah Engelmeyer, thanks very much for being here, sir. You can find Harold PR online and on Twitter, Harold underscore PR. Uh, is uh, is Judah's firm there. So if you're in need of public relations, you can check them out. And we do have those links in our show notes. And uh, always good to have you on, uh, here as a guest. And we'll definitely be circling back and, and having you on board as uh, a guest bef- before too long. I imagine something else will blow up and we'll say, hey, oh, we need to Something's going to happen, Jason. Something's about to happen. Always does. All we right. Talk about the Oscars yet? Well, <laughs> yeah, we could we could do that next week. See, and that's the thing is, I, I look at these things, and I've had conversations before with with Mrs. Boss and with other people, where you have this story that blows up, and of course, everybody has got to have an immediate opinion about it, and they got to get out there with their hot takes. And I kind of lean toward let's let things play out because at some point another shoe is going to drop. Right. And this week, shoes have been dropping left and right. I think we get it another week. We'll probably Dude, have, there, there have new enough. facts coming out every single day. Right? <laughs> so maybe we do have uh, have another topic we can discuss next week in terms of what's going on there, because you know there are some genre aspects to Will Smith's career. So I think I can I can make a make a case. So, all right, we will we will make a tentative plan at some point for that. And uh, in the meantime, everybody, uh, thank you very much for being here in the chat. For those of you who are watching uh, live, thanks for being here. If you are not live, you can still leave us a comment. Send us feedback by email, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. If you have a topic that you would like us to cover, or if you have a guest that you would suggest for us to invite, we're open to that as well. And we are uh, working on some things that I can't talk about yet because we don't know yet, but uh, one of these days we'll tell you. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Don't forget, uh, we do have a new Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern. And then the new edition of Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, both of those shows this weekend. We do hope you join us for that. In the meantime, check out the rest of the videos on your way out, and you can hit a thumbs up. And remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 
Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.